welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Honestly, I'm so thankful and it's a privilege. It is a privilege to share the word. It's great responsibility, but it just, I said that I think two weeks ago, it just makes me so thankful. And so appreciate Pastor Sean, Pastor Michelle, what they invested in leading us. We, like every week that I was coming for a new message, I was like, man, wrestling, God, is this what you really have for your church this Sunday? And I see that in our pastor's model so well. Like they pursuing the presence of God because they want to see you experience Jesus. Because they know it's, it's, it's more than words. It's an experience. It's, what, it's moments like we just had that change our lives. Two, three weeks from now, especially if you're not on the connect group, you're going to forget the, what I'm going to share right now. But there's still something that God can do, use. Whatever we do in these moments, it's so special. And I want to encourage you to stay tuned. Don't get distracted. I know we have distractions. We have comfy seats. Don't fall asleep. Uh, and I want to encourage you to really stay connected, stay in the spirit of what we just experienced through worship. I want to also thank, thank you, Harley, for last week. It was so good. Harley shared the word last week, and it was awesome. If you're here, if you were here, please give it up for Harley. It was so, so powerful, so practical. You and Jean modeled the heart of generosity so well. If you missed, I want to encourage you to, no, I'm not going to encourage you to watch online because, yeah, this message is not going to be online. But anyways, I want to encourage you to, there are three things. Then let me give you a quick summary. It's probably, join a connect group that you'll get more. But uh, I'm going to say the three things, the three points that I hardly have. If I give, she was talking about the heart of generosity and some misconceptions that we have when it comes to generosity. And number one, she said, if I give away, I'll have less. But the truth is that generosity opens door to abundance and breakthrough in our lives. Number two, she said, my small gift can't make a difference. And this is honestly my favorite. We're gonna share, I'm going to share the word. And in one particular point, I'm going to go deeper into this one. Because generosity, really, the truth is generosity starts with what you have in your hands. And number three, she said, generosity, the um, misconception, generosity is always about money. You have to be rich to be generous. And that's not true. The truth is generosity is about obedience. It's not a feeling. And it's a decision. Generosity is way more than money. And I'm loving the season where we get to dive deep and explore the revelation of generosity. In the beginning of the year, Pastor Sean gave a word, new landscape, three things we're focusing this year. Revelation of community, revelation of generosity, and revelation of the power, which is the gospel. And I want to encourage you to do not miss any of those three things. Don't let this year come by, go through without you getting for yourself a new revelation 
of these things, a new revelation of generosity in your life. Jesus wants that for you, and he wants to activate that in you. So my message is along the same lines, but there is a word that honestly throughout all these four weeks that I spoke, it kept coming back at me, and actually I shared even on my giving five weeks ago when Pastor Sean was still here, which is Matthew Matthew 6, 33 and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And every time I read this passage, I felt a connection to Psalms 37, 4 and 5 that says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. And the reason why I say this is when Pastor Sean shared the, the word that uh, Jean referenced this morning, he said three things about us moving into generosity when the flow stops, that we had to cultivate it, we had to conquer it, and we had to commit it. And I explored in the first two weeks here cultivating, the aspect of cultivating. You can go back to YouTube and watch it. Then we explored uh conquering one week and today we're going to be exploring commitment and why i think it's so important is because and even this morning was an example of uh, of this there is a fight today for your attention we live in times that although i love technology i will always favor technology and i love reading about it researching about it technology has made us think less use our brains less I was remembering a trip in 2003 that together with three friends from Brazil, we said, we're going to go to the States. We had a conference that we were attending in Arizona. And we said, why don't we travel to Virginia and drive all the way to Arizona? We didn't have cell phones. We bought a big map at the airport. And we said, we're going to rent a car. No plans. Let's drive, follow the map, and see. Eventually, we're going to get there. No cell phones, no GPS in the car. And it was super fun. But we had to stay on top of the map, paying attention, driving. Oh, is this the right exit? Is this the road that we should be on? Are we actually going to make into this town? We would peak. We would drive for five to eight hours a day and just choose a city, stay in that overnight in a hotel and get to know that city until we made it to our destination. And I remember that trip as I was actually thinking back, man, we, that was awesome. We were really using our brains in, in driving today. If we were to do the same thing, it would be so easy. Just put on the maps and you you can go whenever you want and i think that this is the reality for many of the tools that we have today available to us ai is just making us think less it's writing emails for us it's writing my message here for the last four sundays no i'm just kidding <laughs> i haven't used ai for this yet no i'm kidding i won't i I'd rather use holy spirit um but sometimes we do things that we're not even thinking we're scrolling through social media, not even thinking. Sometimes we can even come to church and, oh, wait, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Hope that you know why you're here today. That's my prayer. Because in times where there's so much fight for our attention, and our generation is so, like, it's, the pattern is 
I stay one year at this job and I'm already find, trying to find the next one. I didn't like the people that was there. I didn't like my routine there. I need to find another job. I need to find a better job. The reality is not of lack of commitment. And I feel like that's what the Bible is saying here in Psalms, in, in Matthew, is talking about our commitment. Our posture should be commit everything that we do to the Lord. And really, I believe this is times where if we want to see the next move of God, He's going to require His church to be bought in, to be committed. Because He doesn't do, want to do with a few. He wants to call a whole body to move together. And there's importance that we are moving together. So my title today is Times of Commitment. What is commitment? The dictionary uh, defines an agreement or pledge to do something in the future. A promise or firm decision to do something. Willingness to give your time and energy to a job, activity, something that you believe in. Something that you must do or deal that takes your time. Time is a valuable currency these days. Because you get paid by an hour, you have, without even knowing, without even thinking, you think, oh, is spending an hour with God really worth my time? Is making in what I shared on a few weeks ago on this word, Matthew 6 is talking about, Jesus comes to that verse, the 30, verse 33, talking about seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things shall be added into you. When he's talking about all these things, he's talking about there was a discussion about clothing, about what to eat, what to drink. Things that we add into our life. Things that are not essential part of our lives. And we somehow we flip the occasion when it comes to God. What was supposed to be a priority became what's added into my life. Oh, if I do everything that I have to do over my weekend, if I have time, I'll be at church. Oh, if I have time, I'll make it up to my connect group. And whatever was supposed to be the things that were added to you are now your priority. And God really wants our priority to be Him. Because there are blessings that, and we're going to go dive deep into this. So today I want to discuss three specific areas that we need commitment. And that if we commit to those three things, and I want to be very practical today. If we want to commit, if we spend time on those things, we will see the change that you're looking for. You, everything that you're questioning yourself, you begin to see change. Number one. Commit to prayer. But seek first, Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be given to you. Same in Psalms 37.5, commit everything that you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Jesus only did what he saw his father do. So prayer is such a powerful element. And like I was saying, there are things, if we look to our routines, if we look to our 24 hours or to our week schedule, that you will see things in your schedule that are essential, and you will see peripheral. If you have kids, there are things that are, there are obligations that you have towards your kids. If you have a job, you have an obligation to be there, however your agreement was, 9 to 5 from Monday to Friday, or you have a different time, you're, you have things that, hey, you made a commitment to. 
and they are essential part of what you do every week. And there are things that we add. There are other things, there are hobbies, other distractions, and I'm not speaking against them, but we just got to learn to understand the priorities. And I love that we really, something that I've been thinking is, whatever you focus in your life will grow. Everything that you focus will grow. What has your attention has your heart. You become what you worship. You become what you spend the most time on. Try one week on social media only researching one topic. I was helping our brother here, John, with some uh, piano videos. I started getting piano ads on my phone every single day. And I would say to him, hey, thank you so much. It was great. And I started just because we've been talking about piano and technology is so smart that pick it up. And now I get piano ads in my phone every single day. And I'm learning piano. No, I'm not. John knows that I have no gifts for, for that particular task. Uh, yes, maybe. Um, anything, something else. Last week on my giving, I shared First Chronicles 29.3 that David was saying, Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of God, I have given to the house of God over and above all that I have prepared for his holy house. Our giving follows our affection. We always go in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Just look back, prove it. You will go in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And I want to speak and diving deeper into this element that is essential in our life, in our Christian life, which is prayer. And let me tell you, there are two types of prayer. Prayers that work and prayers that don't work. What? Are there really prayers that don't work? Let's take a look at James 4.3. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And sometimes we are frustrated and we don't know. Like Jean was sharing here, giving, we're doing a thing. We are working hard. We are praying hard. But we're not seeing results. And I think that most of us, myself included, we have limited the power of our prayer life. What our prayer life can do. Prayer is not something you do just as you wake up or before you go to bed or before a meal or have friends over. No, prayer is not only petition. Prayer is a powerful tool in your hands. It's a tool of relationship. It's a tool that has so much power. One chapter after, in the same book of James, look at what it says. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Who wants to have that prayer? I, wanna, I want my prayer to be like that. A productive prayer. A prayer that multiplies. A prayer that shifts reality. And sometimes we just feel stuck, but we don't realize that our prayer life is stuck. We're asking for things that we already have. And God's saying, hey, there's so much more you could be asking for. I have so much that is available to you, and you're asking for the same thing. Please, Jesus, give me a good night of sleep. Bless this food. Bless my neighbors. Maybe you don't even pray for your neighbors. Whatever it is, but 
will limit the ability of your prayer. And let me tell you, your promised land, the change in your life, the change in your marriage, the change in your career is as far as the distance of your knee and the ground. This is the distance. The more time you spend on prayer, building that relationship with Jesus, it's not only speaking, like we said, and I gave an example, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, that I was trying to drink water and speak at the same time here. No, you probably know I have a nice shirt on. It's my last time speaking. I'll do it at the end. <laughs> now I'm committed. Um, it's about listening as well. It's about building that relationship. It's about the strategy, the things that God wants to reveal to you. Did you know from your prayer, God wants to give you strategy? He can give you strategy for your business. He can give you strategy for your nation. We see many times happen in Scripture, and it is true. I'll give you one example that it's not on the notes, Cindy. I added after. It says in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, that from the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. This is what prayer really is. It gives you that ability to know what you should do, what you should focus on your life, what is the change that you're looking for your child? The change that for education on this nation, the change for whatever solution. We are called to be the influences of this world, to bring solution into a broken society. In fact, we're just waiting. We're just copying or mimicking something that we, we see. Like, oh, look how Google model his, his business. Super nice. Employees get to come, work out, eat whatever they want and work. And actually, productivity is, is, is going up. We're just copying things, but we're not called to copy. We're called, we have a creator. That if we spend more time, if we focus, that creativity will go and will come through our lives and what we speak. And then you begin to, and I feel like God this week was just encouraging me, start bathing your prayers with the reality you want to see. Things that you want to see in your family. See that you, things that you want to see in your children. And we said last week, never go places where your prayer has never has not, not gone first. And I want to encourage you, anything in life you do, your prayer should go first. Need a water break. Hmm? I won't. What I'm trying to say is that prayer builds. And prayer is building that communion with God, that relationship with God. I love a statement by Bill Johnson. Some people only pray when they're in trouble, which guarantees they will always be in trouble. And it's so true, guys. Many times I caught myself saying, man, I've done everything. All I can do now is pray. That's so wrong. Should start, I prayed, and then I tried to do everything from the direction that I got. Prayer should come first. Seek first the face of God. Number two, commit to righteousness. That same verse, build and they walk together. Build, uh, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be given to you as well. What is righteousness? 
Righteousness is acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. Righteousness is doing what's right. And let's read one verse prior to this verse, Matthew 6.32, that says, These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. Some other versions will say Gentiles, but when saying Gentiles here, it's referring to the unbelief. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. That's why Jesus needs to be in the center. He knows your needs. Anything that is out of this order, a heart out of focus, a heart with distraction, is a heart that will easily be offended. And my biggest lesson that I can tell you in so many years of following Jesus being in ministry, serving the church in Brazil, serving the church here in Canada. That God, and I heard my good friend in Brazil say this once, there is wisdom in protecting your heart from offense. Because people fail you. You will go through stuff that, man, will sadden your hearts. But don't let offense really stick to it. And I want to encourage you that I heard a statement this week also from Bill Jones. The spirit of offense will gift you the ability to hear what was not said. This is so powerful because it says these were the thoughts of the unbelievers. Their hearts were offended. Say, oh, Jesus doesn't care about us. doesn't care that we have our needs. All he talks is about his kingdom, his father. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't know me. I have the best intentions for you. I want life and life abundant to you. But I need you to be in the right priority. And how many of you know that offense is so easy to jump in? If you are married, one statement that is heard wrongly causes offense. If, not saying that my wife did that, I'm just an example here. But if I were to say my, to my wife, oh, you look beautiful today. And she has offense in her heart, what would she hear? Oh, I didn't look beautiful yesterday. It happens. That's why offense is so dangerous. And the enemy wants us to move offended from place to place, from time to time, church to church, relationship to relationship, job to job. Because we don't know how to deal with our hearts and with the righteousness that God calls our hearts to be on the right place. We are so easily offended. And Jesus wants to bring all these things that he promises. It's in his heart. It's his heart to bless you. But he wants them to be in the right priority. Because he, will, he knows that if they're not in the right priority, what will happen? Those things will take you down. I'll give you an example. Sex outside of marriage, perversion. Sex inside of marriage, blessing, worship, communion, unity. The same thing done in different scenarios, in different environments, could be so either so beneficial to you or so detrimental to you in your health. And Jesus knew the priority. He said, hey, food is not the focus. The distractions are not the focus. Clothing, your provision, whatever you're worried is not the focus. No, no, no. 
don't worry about those things. Seek me first and let me show you what I can do. I love Proverbs also 3, 3 to 6. It says, let love, and this is the posture of a righteous heart, and faithfulness will never leave you. Bite them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So if there's any offense, I want to write my, in my heart love and faithfulness. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and men. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And most times, if you're offended, you're probably leaning on your own understanding, on your own approach of a situation. And it says in verse 6, In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. It's okay to feel some things, but just present. Your posture is, hey God, I'm here. Seek first. I want your righteousness. I don't want only, like, I want everything that you carry. Your righteousness in my heart. I want that to be the truth of what I carry. I don't want to be offended. And as I think about this meaning of seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, what it is, is bringing order to situations. And that's what Jesus did as he walked. He spent time with the Father and then went and performed amazing miracles and brought order, would cast demons and say, hey, now my kingdom is established. And kingdom means dominion. Now this place is mine. And that's how we we can walk this reality of seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, bringing righteousness to our neighbors. We meet somebody at church, oh, you have a back pain, I'm going to pray for you and declare God's kingdom, God's dominion, God's reality in your life right now. I'm going to love on you because I believe this kingdom is the kingdom that I'm a part of. Not the circumstances, not what, whatever it's saying that is not truth in regard to what my God is saying. And I know that he is capable to do. He is capable to move into a situation. So we are called to be kingdom builders and bring the kingdom in every situation in our hearts. Look at Proverbs 8, 10 to 11, and then we're just going to jump into 17 to 21. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice of gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you desire can compare with her. I love those who love me. And those who seek me, find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me. And making their treasuries full. These are all the benefits that we carry by seeking first. This passage has so much connection with Matthew 6.33. I know it's, it's beautiful saying that. And sometimes we are not choosing wisdom versus whatever, money, whatever is in front opportunity. But... Solomon had a revelation here of the value. Hey, actually your presence, what you have, Jesus, the mind of Christ that is a mind full of wisdom is so much valuable. And this is where my heart 
must be set upon your righteousness. I will walk in the way, verse 20 says, of righteousness along the paths of justice. So this is the reality. God always, he rather you have enjoy the reward of your priorities than the reward of your determination. A lot of people can be successful, and they are successful. And you know what? I've heard of businessmen's stories because I, I like hearing about businesses that were very successful that are not Christian businesses, but they just simply decided to follow the principles that are in the Bible. And some of the laws that are here in the Bible said, I'm going to apply this to my business. I'm going to use the Bible as my finance tool. Because we know the Bible talks way more about money, finances, than it does on, like Pastor Sean always say, on prayer itself. Because God knows what has your attention, what has your heart will grow. And people apply that, but God wants and He knows that if your reward comes out of your priorities being right, you're set. Being prosperous will not take you down. Having more, walking into abundance won't take you down, won't take your faith, won't take your dependence, won't take anything from you because they were done in the right priority. So protecting the heart is so sick, is so key. And it says, really, the Bible says, he is the rewarder of those that seek him. And if you walk in ministry for a long time this week, I heard a statement that really I've been thinking about. It says, we loved more when we, we knew less. Sometimes you've been so involved and you saw, you see the sickness that is inside. The, because we are people, we are messed up, we are broken, we make mistakes. I make lots of mistakes. Having a heart protected from other things. And that's why Jesus always says, keep the heart of a child. Child doesn't know much. Doesn't know its own limitations. And it's wild in dreaming. Because we've known so much, we are so afraid of dreaming. We are so stuck by limitations. We are so stuck by limitations. Let me see. Okay. No, I'm, I'm going to jump on. Number three, because of time calls already, 11.07. Okay. Um, number three, commit to honor and generosity. Proverbs 3, continuing, we read from verses 3 to 6. Let's continue to read. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor, honor the Lord with your health, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. A few verses later. 13 to 15, joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver. Her wages are better than gold. Just referencing Proverbs 8 that we just read. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. These are the benefits when you decide to honor God with what you have. It's just a deeper level of commitment of God really understanding, do I have your heart? What are the things that are important to you? 
can you trust me? Can you trust me with the best in the beginning of the journey and that I will find you at every step of the journey and will meet your needs? Can you trust me? And the promises are, if this is your priority, here's all the benefits. Go read. Read uh, Proverbs 3 all week long. These are all the benefits that if you seek his face, if you commit to a life of prayer, if you commit to binding love and faithfulness to your heart, righteousness to your heart, and commit to generosity, see what God can do. And I love a passage that most of us here heard at church. It's not new to most of you, which is the multiplication of bread and fish. And I want to read that to you. And I love that that passage is so important that Jesus and God decided to put them in all Gospels. It's not all the miracles that are accounted in all four Gospels, but this is one of the few that are actually few stories that we see in all Gospels. So I'm going to begin reading in Matthew and I'm going to finish reading in John just because I want to pull some two different things from here. And we're going to close. An evening approach, Matthew 14, verse 15. An evening approach, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. First thing Jesus is saying, you go feed them. Heart full of offense would be messed up at this moment. How am I going to feed 5,000 men plus women and children? So the passage here reads, John 6, 8 to 13. Then Andrew, Simon's Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five uh, loaves and two fish. But what, is, what good is that with a huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men were numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. After he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barely loaves. I love that Jesus here on verse 11 says, took the loaves and he says, he gave thanks to God. Jesus gave thanks when there was, wasn't enough. And it's so hard to have that posture of heart. And this is what Jesus is encouraging us in this moment. You may look to situations in your life, but God is saying, hey, give thanks. Like Harley was saying last week, what is in your hands? Don't focus on what you're lacking that is not in your hands. Focus on what is in your hands. And give thanks and see what I can do Heard this statement, when you take stuff that isn't enough and you baptize it into thankfulness, it becomes supernaturally positioned to become more than enough. So any situation, any lack in your life, any challenge that you're facing today, I want to encourage you, 
part of generosity, part of a generous heart, a healthy heart is, Jesus, thank you. Because if you look back, like Madison was saying to different times, you're going to remember that Jesus did it for you. If you're here today, it's because he did so many miracles for you. And the Bible says, and I can attest to that, that the just never lack bread on their tables. I've seen my family, my dad's business go under. A business that was 30 years old, that was very successful. Over 12 million, I think there was months with over 12 million sales revenue, just to give you context. That business go under. Situation get really hard in our family. But our posture is, God, we're going to trust you in the process. And we're going to see you provide. You can use. You can use any situation. You know what I love more about this message, too, about this passage, is that how many people were there? John Gospel said 5,000 men. He didn't count women and children. Where did the provision come from? Who didn't count? The child. Sometimes we think that we don't have value. Our small thing is not enough. But God is saying, I want to use that. And I kept imagining my son holding those fish and bread in his hand. If you have kids, you know it's challenging for them to share sometimes. But imagine what that kid, lunch. Hey, everybody's hungry. I got my food. I'm set. But he decided to share what he had. I'll end with this, and the worship team can come up. An unthankful heart is positioned to see limitations. A thankful heart is potential to see increase. Harley shared some limitations and some unbeliefs that we have when it comes around our generosity. And it's true, like we all have. Depending on how you grew up, depending on how your parents raised you, you have that those things will affect your view on generosity and on money too. What are your limitations? And I believe there is power to also present God, this is how I believe. This is what I'm thinking, and I want to invite you into my situation. Come and change what I have. Come and change my limitations. When it came to generosity and money for myself, I'll share, I wrote a few limitations that I had. First lie that I used to carry when it came to money, it was, I need money first in order to make more money. And that's the same what Harley explored. Some people think that they need to have money to be generous. And that's such a lie. Don't ask too much or you will be disappointed. Dreamers get rich, but I am rational and realistic. I can't afford that. That was a huge one for me. Money goes faster than it comes in. Given my past, it's too hard for me to have lots of money. And that's those same things can apply to generosity and cause you your generosity. Because I know that money plays a huge way when it comes to generosity. But generosity is way beyond money. It has to do with your talents, with your time, with, of course, your heart when it comes to your treasure as well. But God wants to break our limitations this morning.
I want to encourage you to close your eyes. With all eyes closed, I just want to share a few more thoughts. Most miracles in our lives are connected to a point of obedience. In a point where we, God just asks us a simple thing. Like he asked his disciples, feed the crowd. And we will point limitations, we will point why we can't do things. And we won't obey. And we wonder why we're not seeing change. And I want to encourage you today just to search your heart. Search any distractions that might be in your heart. And just connect your heart to obey God's heart. And to seek His heart. And to see Him move. And just invite Holy Spirit to, to move you. And just to transform your life. And as you look to your heart, just also have the posture of Jesus. I'm thankful for the privilege it is for me to be here this morning. And with that, in all eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. You never said yes to him. You never experienced what he can do once you simply give him what you have, which is your heart. He invites you into the life of relationship. He came to restore all brokenness in your life. He came to die for you and to open a way for you. And he gave thanks and he gave you life and life abundance. If that's you with all eyes closed this morning, please raise your hand. There's anybody here in this place or even far that you want to say yes. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand right now. Let's just all pray. Maybe you were too shy to raise your hand. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but you still feel far from this relationship. And God wants to restore that this morning. Don't be afraid. Get moving. Allow him to break you so that the light that is in you can shine. Repeat this prayer after me. Let's all repeat it together. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give everything to you. You gave everything to me, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross. I ask forgiveness for my sins. And I thank you for your forgiveness. I want to walk in newness of life. So today, I say yes to you. And today, even if I feel far, I ask you to baptize me with your love, with your power, with your presence. Come and change my life in your precious name. Amen, 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 amen. Praise Jesus. Because of time, and I want to honor you, and I know that we have movies playing, and that's unfortunate. I just want to encourage you, if you still need prayer, I'm going to allow some people here at front to pray for you. I'm going to ask some of our ministry team, if you would. We're going to have some music in the background. But I just want to encourage you to Really posture your hearts and live committed. Let this week, just look at those three things. How is my prayer life? How can I be generous and go above and beyond 
with my prayer life as we commit an extra five minutes, an extra 10 minutes of your life. How is your heart? Allow some moments to stop the business of your day, pause for 10 minutes, and just check on your hearts. And finally, generosity, like Jean said, maybe you never walked, maybe you never even experienced that God is a God that can multiply, that God is a God that can bring abundance to your life. I can tell you that in the hardest of times, I think that I shared the story before here from this platform, where our family was in lack, God encourages always us to continue giving in situations that were hard. And there was one particular situation, I know that I shared this before, but if it's your first time or you've never heard it before, my mom was about to pay for her grocery bill. And there was someone behind her, and God said, I want you to pay for her groceries. My mom was so challenged by that. She said, God, I barely, like I'm paying this on my credit card because I'm believing in faith that I will, I'll have something here. She said, maybe I should just give her like 20 bucks. God says, I want you to pay for the food here. And when my mom actually looked at the grocery cart, it was baby supplies. And it was definitely someone that was like struggling. And she paid. She got to, got her groceries in the car. The moment she, she sat down in her car, it was $70. It wasn't much. She got a call from her friend saying, hey, we were here and we were praying for you. We want to sow a seed just to remind you that God loves you. That he sowed $4,900. 70 times. Maybe it's not correct. It's maybe more. <laughs> Whatever. But God is so faithful. And I want to encourage you to walk in generosity. Maybe you feel like you don't have much. All you have is five bucks of bread. Be generous. Allow God to move. Give thanks for what you have and allow Him to multiply in your life. Amen.